Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Tengu race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. And right now we're on the featured races. Tengu, these are the anthropomorphized crows. Definitely a very interesting aesthetic to these guys. I don't think they necessarily have to be crows. Um, you know, you can be owl-like. You can be most form of avian-like with Tengu. Christian, the first line in the book is the crow-like Tengus. So really? I believe they have to be crow-like. I didn't. I, I, I actually, I always thought I was always under the impression that they could be like you know any avian species really. I've, I'm actually just kind of jesting with you, but honestly, I don't think I've ever heard of a Tengu that was anything other than a crow but hey maybe we'll go over some of the things like when we get to you know physical description is next so let's just read it let's skip past all the bullcrap why should we argue amongst our uneducated selves (laughs) when there's already a factual piece of information to pull from this this is the part of the show where we do a couple of like ah, stabby little jokes, but nobody cares about them. So why don't we just skip it anyway? Just go to physical description. It'll both help the listeners and us. Tengus are avian humanoids, very generic, whose features strongly resemble crows, less generic. Well, what if I'm online to be a raven? They have broad beaks and both their arms and their legs and in powerful talons. So we'll see how powerful they are. We'll see if they get a natural attack. Those tengus, though tengus are unable to fly, iridescent feathers cover their bodies. This plumage is usually black, though occasionally brown or blue-black. Kind of like a, a, wait, I know the word. Grackle. Bam, did it. What's a grackle? A grackle looks a lot like a crow, except it, when it like glinted in the sun, it has that kind of like oily rainbow color in the black. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Um, I only know about this because my dad was a bird watcher, and it's because it's the only thing you can do in upstate New York, unless you're a farmer, then you can tend to your farm. Their skin, talons, beaks, and eyes are similarly colored, and most non-tangus have great difficulty telling individuals apart. You know what? I was going to say that's racist, but I recently heard that that's not a funny joke. So you know what? That's not racist. That's completely under what I would expect this race to do. I'm, I'm digging a deeper hole. This is worse than what they told me not to do. Tangus who wish to be more easily identified by other... When you can't even make Christian laugh, I know it's a really bad joke. By other humanoids may bleach certain feathers or decorate their beaks with dyes, paints paint or tiny glued ornaments though they are about the same height as humans they have slight builds and tend to hunch over a tengu's eyes sit slightly back into the sides of this head giving him binocular vision with a slightly more panoramic view than other humanoids like many avians tengus have hollow bones and reproduce by laying eggs that must be a struggle let me say i the best part about this was the idea how they feel bleach certain colors or wear jewelry so that people can identify them i like that a lot because it kind of keeps with the idea of, listen, if we're going to go after a crow, I, be- I bet crows can't even tell each other apart, man. Really? I like that. I like that little bit of flavor. I actually, I had no idea that they canonically reproduce by laying eggs and have hollow bones, which is also a really big deal. They should be very, very light in that case. Let's see. They are between four feet, two inches and five feet, with again, women being a little bit shorter. Oh, they, and they, and they between- blatantly lied about them being the same height as humans. That's particularly shorter across well, the board. Well, it's because they hunch, Christian. Haven't you ever I, seen I don't the think first... the hunch is considered in that uh, Have you ever estimate? seen the first Spider-Man movie? You hunch. No, you shouldn't. It was a very romantic moment between him and Mary Jane. <laughs> between 71 and 101 pounds. 101. You gotta get that one in there. Alright. Hollow bones. I like that. I like the idea of that. I can easily, like, why are you a fighter? I can just snap your little bones like a brittle little stick. They are adults at 15 years old. They become middle-aged at 35. They become old at 53. Venerable at 70. It can live up to 90 years. I think that's very similar to the human, if not exactly the same. It is exactly human. 
Interesting. Of all, of all the anthropomorphic races, I'm surprised Tengu have the most human lifespan. Usually birds have shorter... No, actually, tropical birds tend to live for a really long time. Well, now you're hitting something I know nothing about. I, all I know is that parakeets live forever. Right. Yeah, a lot of the tropical birds do. I, I do wish you were actually correct, though. As much as I love the crow idea, I would like the variety where you can have, like, you ever ever seen the anime Outlaw Star? If you say, have you ever seen that anime to me, the most likely answer is no. <gasps> Christian, please. Well, there's these cool bird-like avian creatures whose name I'm going to look up, and they're Silgrians. I pronounced that correctly, I'm sure. They're super cool, like... They actually animated them like where their their heads are constantly like looking left and right and darting, and it was the best thing ever. And it looks super cool, and I wish I could play them. Um, um, for the five of you who saw Outlaw Star, there you go. Now you now you got that. Me and you, we're in the in crowd. You guys, I know I like you guys better than the rest of them. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I like some of you better. The ones that also are into the same things I am. I'm very shallow. It's very easy to to, to curry my favor. <laughs> but let's talk about the racial traits, Christian. Well, I guess we'll start with their ability scores. Tengu are fast. They say Tengus. I'm going to make a nitpick about this. I, I think it should be Tengu for plural. You think Tengu uh, and Tengu should be both of it? Tengus just sounds weird. Anyway, Tengus are fast and observant, but relatively fragile and delicate. They gain plus two dexterity, plus two wisdom, and minus two constitution. I like the constitution. It really fits in with their hollow bones. Yeah. Wait a second. I have a question. If blood is made in the bones... Do birds not have, like, a lot of blood? I, I have hollow. absolutely no clue. Wait, how does that work? I'm sure it does, because birds exist, and they have a <laughs> circulatory system. <laughs> Somebody tell me. Evolution works, okay? How do birds make blood? <laughs> Siri, how do birds make blood? Yeah, I'm sure that's a question they have on the database. Oh, somebody already had this question. I'm not the first to ask it. The answer is... Okay. So it's just, think think of birds' bones as less dense, almost like a spongy pattern. It's not literally hollow like a straw. Ah, okay. Yeah. The more I'm... you know... Listen, you need to know this to play your tengu effectively, all right? Some might call this a, ta- a tangent. I call this good role-playing material. They uh, are, are... When all those conversations about my bone density pop up. <laughs> okay, Christian, if you want to role-play well, you need to know these little things, all right? It's the unspoken role-playing where you, you can say ow more effectively when you hit your knee because you're like, this hurts more than it would normally hurt a human. All right, you don't understand. All right, I've done the research. They're humanoids with a Tengu subtype. Ooh, they get their own subtype. Um, Tengus are medium creatures and receive no bonuses or penalties due to their size. Base speed of 30 feet, son. Tengus begin play speaking common and Tengu. Tengus with high intelligence scores can choose any languages they want except for secret languages. And actually, this is an important note that we'll note when we get to the one of their racial traits. They can learn any language they want. So this is kind of the, f- the way they have their backstories. They're kind of scavengers. Great, you know, like, oh, they're going to eat carrion. I get it. I get a vulture. All right. Now we really are stereotyping birds. Uh, but can you stereotype a creature, an animal? Anyway. It's like saying, well, lions, they like to hunt. Well, yeah, they do. It's, it's what they, this is what I teach the children in my kindergarten class. Um, lions have manes. Well, not every lion. They uh, Their whole idea is that they're scavengers and that they are kind of, you know, they're, they're rogues and they're out there and they're, they're, they're pretty much adventurers by trade. So I understand how you if, – if you if you don't have like a big culture where it's just like, oh, we have little Tengu villages and stuff, why you can learn any language. 
And the fact that like giants and humans are like, I'm going to make a pet out of you. And they're like, <laughs> okay, you can try. They uh, Let's go into their specific uh, racial traits. They have sneaky, where they get a plus two bonus on perception and stealth checks. Did you say perception checks, Caleb? I did say perception checks and stealth checks. And uh, we'll note that they get a plus two to wisdom, so that means they start with a plus three bonus to perception, like the best race we've come across so far, hands down. (laughs) No, 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 we forgot about our elf friends with the plus four. Uh, The next racial trait they have is gifted linguist. Tengus gain a plus four racial bonus on linguistic checks, and they learn two languages each time they gain a rank in linguistics rather than one language, which goes back to the fact that they can learn any language. So Tengu, if they keep this racial trait, can learn a lot of languages. Except for secret languages, Christian? Well, including Druidic. No one talks Druidic anyway. It's lame. Well, Druids do. And Druids are lame. They don't. They just know it, but it's not been used once in history. Uh, uh... This is my favorite trait of all time. We all know this when we went, when we did either our halfling or gnome. I forget which one. Uh, super cool that they have it. I love this one. You can learn like every language in the world for like four points. They are sword trained. They are trained from birth in swordplay, and as a result, are automatically proficient with sword-like weapons, which means bastard swords, daggers, elven curved blades, falchions, great swords, kukris, long swords, punching daggers, rapiers, scimitar, short sword, and two-bladed swords. It says including, which means I think you can argue as expansions and stuff come out even more sword-like weapons. Best one yet. Most of it's like any you're proficient with everything, any weapon with orc in the name. There's like one weapon with orc in the name. This is awesome. There's a lot of swords out there. And there's a lot of exotic weapons that are kind of like straight upgrades to their non-exotic counterparts. Like a bastard sword is kind of just a straight upgrade to a longsword. And then there's a lot of really flavorful stuff they can take as well. Their next uh, racial trait is natural weapon. A Tengu has a bite attack that deals 1d3 points of damage, which this doesn't sound that great, but the way natural attacks work is that suppose you swing with a sword during a full round action, you can make the bite attack kind of like a secondary attack at a minus five. So it's kind of a free attack of your martial character in a full round action, which is pretty neat. They don't get a claw attack. There's probably feats or something that we'll see later that give them claw attacks, which means they can actually be good uh, natural weapon race. It's upsetting to me because in the description, talk about talons, and now what? I didn't hear nothing about their beak, and all of a sudden they're, they're getting a bite attack, a peck attack. We'll see. But like, I think every so far, every anthropomorphic race we've come across has given you something so that you could try to do a natural attack build. So these guys are no different. The last thing they have is senses. They have low light vision, uh, allowing them to see twice as far as humans in conditions of dim light. But, of course, Christian, they have alternate racial traits. I hope so, because I'd really like to replace Gifted Linguist. <gasps> it's like the first one I go to replace. I am not a fan of that. Not that I'm not a fan. I'm not like, wow, this is dumb. It's just I, it's something I don't like on my characters. No, I get it, because ever since I learned about one of those ion stones for like a thousand gold that lets you speak every language, I got very upset. Yeah, copper. So he's like... <laughs> It was very upsetting to me, so whatever, I get you. I get you. Why don't you, why don't you start us off with carrying sense? Hey, this replaces Gifted Linguist. <sighs> Many Tengus have a natural ability to sniff out carrion. While their sense of smell isn't as keen as that of other species, it is particularly attuned to the scent of injuries or death. Tengus with this racial trait have a limited scent ability, which only functions for corpses and badly wounded creatures, that is, creatures with 50% or fewer hit points. I think this is really cool, I think this is very flavorful, and I think it's relatively powerful. I agree. Why did we have to have a word for dead birds? Why don't we have a word for, like, other dead creatures? We don't call a pile of smashed bugs something. <laughs> but dead birds is carrion. Why is that? I thought carrion was just, like, any pile of dead offal. Offal? There's a word I don't know. 
No, to carry on is specifically a decaying flesh of dead animals, according to Google's first definition that pops no, up. It's definitely birds. Wait, 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 it's awful. O-O-F-F-A-L? Just like, you yeah. know, gunk and garbage. You're giving me so many words. Decaying flesh of dead animals. <gasps> I thought that was only birds. No, you're wrong. That's why I thought, do you think this could only smell other tengu that are dying? Other dead birds? I thought carrion meant birds. No, no, no. You can smell any dead thing that's dying. No, I'm learning too much. <laughs> but uh, Quickly, uh, move, uh, uh, claw attack. Tengus with this racial trait have learned to use their claws as natural weapons, finally. They gain two claw attacks, primary natural attacks, deal 1d3 points of damage, and tree is having the improved unarmed strike feat for the purpose of qualifying for other feats. This replaces sword trained. You're replacing a powerful one to get something else that attacks. I think it's a fair trade, maybe a little bit on the lower side, but if you're going to make a natural attack build, you're going to have to do it. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to make a natural attack build, you're not going to be using swords, so that's a perfect trade-off, really. Their next alternate racial trait is exotic weapon training, and this is going to replace sword trained. Instead of swords, some Tengus are trained in exotic weaponry. Such Tengus choose a number of eastern weapons equal to 3 plus their intelligence bonus and gain proficiency with these weapons. I really like this. There's some really, really neat exotic weapons. It's limited to the eastern ones, but there's still some really neat ones that are always fun to make builds around. And you never like wasting a feat just to take exotic weapon proficiency, the weapon you're going to always be using. The, the, the idea that it's a, a number of exotic weapons is incredible. I think we've seen other feats that allow you to get, like, one. Yeah, this is three plus your... I'm sorry, I meant alternate racial traits is what I meant. Yeah, this is three plus your intelligence bonus. This could be, like, four or five, even. Matter of fact, exotic weapon proficiency, the feat just gives you one, right? Yep. This is a trait that's better than a feat. Last is glide. Some Tangus can use their feathered arms and legs to glide. Tangus with this racial trait can make a DC-15 fly check to fall safely from any height without taking fall damage as if using feather fall. When, fail- when falling safely, Tengu may make an additional DC-15 fly check to glide, moving 5 feet laterally for every 20 feet he falls. I like that word, laterally. This replaces gifted linguist, so it's useless. You can't ever <laughs> do this one. That's actually my favorite. I really like that one. Yeah? It's good. I like the idea If I'm a bird guy. I better have some flying stuff. The only thing I don't like is that it doesn't give you fly as a class skill. Mm. Which, you know, only spellcasters get for the most part. So it's because you think of like, I think of like a roguish kind of Tengu that would take this to jump across rooftops sure. and stuff. But rogue doesn't get fly as a class skill. But hey, it's replacing that useless gifted linguist one. So it's just a straight positive. There is one favorite class option I do want to talk about. It's their rogue one where you can get a plus half bonus on a critical hit confirmation roll. With a weapon that you have available for your Tengu Sword Train ability. That's pretty interesting. Interesting that Rogue gets that. Does Fighter get that? No, they do not. Interesting. Swords tend to have the really high crit range weapons, like 18 to 20. So if you get that with, uh, say, Improved Critical, could be a very effective build. They got two archetypes. There's the Shijino Oracle one. And I don't know if that's how you say that. You're going to have to suffer with me in that one. And Swordmaster for the Rogue. Ooh, a Rogue with swords. Usually it's like, oh, I got little knives. Or, or I'm going to be a ninja with my katana. Interesting with swords. I like that. And before we get to feats, why don't we, why don't we run a little ad about you guys? Because nobody likes anything better than having their podcast interrupted with an ad. All right, let me just pop these in here. Turn on the TV. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just heating up some Totino's pizza rolls and getting ready to watch the big game. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? 
Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can listen to Trailblazers on this very feed. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, put on your favorite jersey, grab some dice, and join us. Alright Christian, I got some chips and some sandwiches, but there's still one thing I don't understand. You said we were going to get to see some players beat up on each other, but I haven't seen them even break out the dice yet. Caleb, you know this is a real-life football game, right? We're not about to watch a bunch of guys play an RPG. I mean, who would want to just sit and listen to a bunch of guys play an RPG? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who, who, would, who would want to do that? And we're back. Feats. They got them. We want to hear about them. The first one is Bloodbeak. This requires you to have 5 base attack bonus. Your beak attack is bloody and dangerous. Oh, you also have to not replace your natural weapon racial trait. Increase the damage of your beak attack from 1d3 to 1d6. Furthermore, when you confirm a critical hit with your beak attack, you also deal 1 point of bleed damage. Neat. Uh, not worth it at all. Going from 1d3 to 1d6 is like an average damage increase of maybe 2, I want to say. However... Combine this with improved natural attack. Now you're doing something. Mm, maybe. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm not, I don't know a lot about natural weapon builds, honestly, so I don't know if that would help you or not. It would, because usually the only way to improve it is natural attack. That The fact that this improves it as well, and will stack one natural, improve natural uh, weapon, is actually very good. The bleeding is just kind of whatever. There's carrion feeder, which involves the dead meat of multiple animals, not just birds. I don't know if you guys knew that. Like many scavengers, you can stomach foods that would make weaker creatures ill. You gain a plus two bonus on saving throws against disease and ingested poisons, but not other poisons. And you get a plus two bonus to survival checks to find food for yourself. And only yourself. Hey, you guys uh, want some of this uh, sheep intestine that's been laying in the sun for three days? <laughs> no, we're, we're cool, Sean. You uh, you enjoy. You sure? It's, it's all right. You guys are missing out. Flavorful feet, uh, not particularly powerful. If, if you're at a point in the campaign where you have to do survival checks to get food for yourself, and that's, like, a big issue and you really want a plus two on that, sure. that's not going to... I'm sure you that's probably not going to last very long. Christian, you know, we don't really choose who... We just go alternating. We don't know who goes really first. We just kind of randomly pick. Christian, it looks like the fates have decided that you hit this next feed up. Wait a sec. Mm-hmm. Go on, Christian. We don't have all the... Our listeners' time is very valuable. Their next feed... Is perfectly average nose form. <laughs> it's called long nose form. This is a really weird one, though I think this is really interesting. So you need to be level three. You can shift into the form of a human with an unusually long nose. And once per day, you can assume the form of a human with a nose that is the length of your beak. This is a spell-like ability that functions as alter self with a caster level equal to your level. While in this form, you gain the scent ability and a plus two bonus to your strength score. Because your long nose in this form clearly indicates that you are not fully human, you do not gain the normal bonus to disguise checks for using a polymorph effect. This is really flavorful, really interesting. You're basically getting a level, what, three, two or three spell as a feat? Uh, I, I think this is really cool. And my, my nose, stop making fun of my nose. <laughs> I, 
I the I hate the the picture of this thing. I am a very visual person. I hate that. I do like the idea of hiding it under like a plague doctor mask or something. That's cool. And the idea that say maybe I didn't pick the thing the carrion scent. This gives me scent with no limitations. Mm-hmm. But I agree. It's 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 it's. it's I think it's kind of a fifty fifty. I like how they give the example of plague doctor's mask, and that's I think that's literally the only thing you could hide a nose of that size under. <laughs> And also, if you're walking around with a plague doctor's mask, you might be making somewhat of a panic. But at least you're not a Tengu, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> at least I'm not one of those dirty Tengu. Everyone's scared that Scavenger- the black plague's going around, but at least there's no birds. Scavenger's eye, your gaze is naturally drawn to valuable glittering objects. You gain a plus two bonus on appraise checks. You may determine the most valuable item in a horde as standard action and gain an additional plus two bonus on the appraise check to do so. In addition, if you fail an appraise check by five or more, you treat the check as if you had failed by less than five. That's the only part of it that it's interesting. However, it's, I mean, at least in my any game I've ever played, appraised is not that ever worth a fee. Yeah, another one like uh, Carry On Feeder, where I just feel like appraised checks are just very undervalued and hard to get strong use out of. So their next feat is Tengu Wings. This requires you to be character level 5. You can grow wings that allow you to fly. Once per day, you can sprout a pair of giant black crow's wings, granting you a fly speed of 30 feet with average maneuverability. This spell-like ability otherwise functions as B-shape, with a caster level equal to your level. I don't have a problem with this mechanically. Flavor-wise, why am I magically sprouting wings once a day if I'm not a spellcaster? Why, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Why am I transforming into a person if I'm not a spellcaster? That's a good... I, I guess... Maybe Tengu have, like, some innate and magical property we didn't touch on that somewhere in canonical lore, but... I don't know, I just find that weird, just like, let me get wings once a day, it's like, okay, Tengu, can you fly again? No, I can't. At all. I think it's super cool, I can just sprout wings, I can I can make my back unnaturally grow, naturally grow wings, I think it's cool. I'm, I don't have as much problem as you do with it. And for reference, this is for a minute a level. So, once you if you take the feet at level 5, you can get 5 minutes of these wings. This is the only feat chain they have, it ends with... Uh, Tengu Raven form. You get Tengu Wings, you need to be level 7. Once per day, you can take the form of a large black bird resembling a raven, granting you a fly speed of 60 feet, a plus 4 size bonus to your strength, a minus 2 pen- penalty to your dex, and a plus 4 armor bonus. This otherwise functions like B-shaped too. This is, so what I like about this is I don't have to be a caster, but I can get some these buffs on me, this plus, this plus 4 size bonus to my strength. That's amazing if I'm a fighter or some other sort of, you know, melee character or strength-based character. Uh, I don't know why I'm turning into a raven. It called me a crow person. I just think it's a little interesting. But uh, see, look, they're, they're saying they look the same now. <laughs> I like the idea of this one. I like the idea of transforming into the base animal a lot. Yeah, I, I definitely like the idea. I'm just trying to think, like, how would I flavor that if I was playing a Tengu? You really caught, You haven't been caught up with this on any other of the feats or special abilities in any other race. Why is this getting you? Because uh, it makes sense that the Ifrit can cast a fire spell or something like that. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that it's a once-a-day thing, like... They just wink, wink. It makes sense to you that the water-based person can do water-based things, but it doesn't make sense to you that the bird person can do bird-like things. They're also elementals. They, Like I said, because there's no innate magic to Tengus. Like, you know, you know, elemental people, like, regardless of they are a spellcaster or not, you're still someone who's partially on fire all the time. Like, you have a magical... You're, they're native outsiders. I don't know. I'm, I have no problem with it, Christian. We differ, sir. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a big deal. It's, it's a personal issue. Like, I, if I picked this for my Tengu, how would I flavor this? I don't know. That's a, it's a hard question to answer. I, I, I just think it's just naturally part of me. I would look at the person in-game who said, 
how do you do that? That's weird. And I look at them, I go, what do you mean? I could just do it. How do you move your arm? Explain it to me. You can't. Why? Because you just do it and it's a natural thing. It's the same thing with me. Growing wings just natural to me. You're just mad because you don't have them. I flip them off. Be a very aggressive character, apparently. Did you just miss a give him the bird pun? Oh, what have I done? End the podcast. I don't think I can't, can't you just let that slip through your claw-like fingers. They have some uh, racial gear. Uh, one that's interesting to me is wing oil. Uh, I think that makes sense because whenever if you've ever seen birds actually very oily. If you ever see them like hit a window or something, they always leave this big dusty oily imprint. Uh, it doesn't do much though. It just gives you plus one bonus on null saving throws, which just affects the cold weather. But I like to have, like oil oiling up your. I would probably buy that as like the flavor of a guy who like slicks back his hair or wears a lot of uh, perfume or wears a lot of cologne. I would do that flavor for my wing oil. Um, There's two different kites. <laughs> they have some sort of kite affinity. I was unaware of. It just has to do with them like signaling communicate. It's like it's like communicating with smoke signals, except with kites. Uh, not super interesting to go through. The one has fi- the one rules. has fighting rules for kite battles. Let's talk about their magic items, which would be slightly more interesting than kite battles. But it's like, but it's like a Beyblade, but it's a kite. Christian, <laughs> don't make me come over. Ooh, Tengu drinking jug. This sounds interesting. This looks like a one-gallon stoneware jug with white glaze, blackbirds painted around the middle, and a cork stopper tied about the neck with a hemp cord. Any liquid placed within the jug becomes safe to drink, as though affected by purify food and drink. Three times per day, the bear can command the jug to alter the temperature of its contents so that it ranges anywhere from ice cold to boiling hot. Once per day, the bear can command water placed in the jug to transform into plum liquor, sake, or tea. Tengu jug holds up to one gallon of any liquid. That is a magical thermos. I love it. What a neat little magical (laughs) trinket. That's actually really cool. I like that. And it's, it's it's still a thousand gold, but I think it's fun. They have two fans, the red feather fan and the black feather fan. The red feather fan, it counterspells a darkness effect or a light effect. And I like the idea of this. If like you're using the fan and you kind of, instead of blowing air, you blow the darkness or the light away. That's kind of cool. The black feather fan allows you to create a gust of wind, whispering wind, or wind wall. Uh, those are 5,000 and 10,000. In case you didn't catch up, uh, in case you didn't catch it, the Tengu do have a rather strong um, imagery of an eastern kind of they're from Tian Shu in canonical lore for the most part so they do have like an eastern asian kind of uh theme to them they've got all, I mean, the the drawings in the book are awesome there's like this oracle looking one that's pointing at you menacingly like i won't cut you if you don't read my tarot cards i can't improvise and then there's a cool like desert themed one it has like what is anime and fantasy everybody always has bandages they don't serve any purpose they're just like oh man i want to show you my abs but i don't want to show you all of them <laughs> and uh <laughs> but there's one last item here talk to me about the black jade raven in parentheses figurine of wondrous power so this is an interesting little magic item so it's a little it is as it states a little black jade figurine of a raven you can command it to transform into an actual bird either a black raven or a giant black raven and it gains the improved steel feet as a bonus feat you can give it commands and it can answer questions of, and it can answer questions about like what it's seen but it can only give you yes or no answers it can only s- one call for yes, two call for no. <laughs> it can only maintain not being a figurine for twenty four hours per week, and that does not have to be contiguous. And then after three transformations into the giant raven form, the statuette loses all magical properties. So I guess like this, the giant form is like, oh, we need an extra damage source or soak up. You know, we need an extra fighter here for a little bit. 
it's emergency because once I use this third time, it's done. But you can keep doing the, the little guy for, you know, a lot. I like it a lot. I like the idea of having this little statue that turns into a bird. For reference, the regular raven it turns into is CR 1 6th. And the giant eagle is a CR 3 creature. Excuse me, giant raven in this case. Yeah, I like the idea that you can just steal things. Like, you turn to a thing, you're like, go get that necklace for me. That's it for a Tangu. How do we feel about our Tangu friends? I really like them. They might be one of the... F- they might be my favorite of the anthropomorphic races. Okay, well, that's heresy, but... <laughs> okay, you're entitled to your opinion. Um, I think they are mechanically just all right across the board. I don't really have many complaints, if any, about them mechanically. I think flavor-wise, they're very interesting. Like you said, their description has that... Um, little bit about it and how they can, you know, dye their feathers to make themselves more distinct amongst each other's. Um, and I think of all the anthropomorphic races, they're the least anthropomorphic. Like, they have the whole beak thing going on, which is something very different compared to, you know, I'm just a cat person. Like, you're mostly a person for the most part, except for your tail. But Tengu got everything going on and they got a beak. I don't know. It's, I like them. I like them a lot too. I love the visuals of them. Um, I disagree that I don't think that they uh, are the most like there's I think I think actually Gripply and rat folk and, and cat folk all very much are different than the human cat part but I will give it that no one ever really talks about their bones and this guy's <laughs> got bone action and he lays eggs all right unless when we get to Gripply and they talk about little tadpoles I'm gonna give it to this guy for at least for that right that's that's got to be a, a sight to see I want to make a whole campaign or uh, or, or, or or quest about stealing tengu eggs or something it's always dragon eggs you find out oh no they were tengu eggs that somebody hid among the dragon eggs what have we done now we have little babies on our hands but i like them i like their flavor i like i like almost everything we saw here was viable there's a few feats that were like oh maybe not but they especially are strong like with their sword their, their traits seem to be very powerful I think. yes they're not wasted and i just love the i love the um flavor on them like i like all the um listen i'm biased guys i like every single anthropomorphic race out there Except for maybe the Gripply. What? Tease in the future. We'll find out. However, Christian, we have a few left. Just Tieflings and Undyings. And then that's it. We're done with the feature. We can move on to the Uncommon. Some of the really weird ones. Uh, but next is our friends, the Tieflings. Might not be your friends because they're like demon dudes. So we're going to find out all about our friends, the demon dudes. The DD. You ready to get, get our DD on, Christian? Possibly the edgiest player race possible. I don't know. We do have the vampires, Christian. Ooh, yeah, they're like vying for the top spot in the edgy. They'll possible. fight each other, and we'll find out. We'll see who the we'll, we'll see who the edgy weight belt goes to next time. All I want in the whole wide world is to do Dance Dance Revolution with you now, dude. Let me tell you, I'm an I, when I was fat in like twelve, I was an expert at DDR. I don't know if I have retained that since I've lost weight and you know aged a decade or so. Or so. I've never been good at it. I've done it once, and it was embarrassing, but I loved it. That's what I do in my life. I do embarrassing things. All right, Tieflings, next time, guys. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at TBlazer Network. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Hey, Danny, do you want to play some D and D tonight? Oh, I can't. My parrot's gonna have open heart surgery again. That sucks. <laughs>
Yeah, it's gonna be super boring. Hang in there, Danny. She'll pull through. But remember, when you can't play, listen. At Tales from the Lich, we do our best to provide an immersive RPG play session with an ever-expanding library. When you can't play, listen. TalesfromTheLich.com